Welcome to the podcast from Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our Redlands campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation and our world. Happy Mother's Day um, to all of the mums. I hope that you woke up to some sort of special surprise from your kids today if you are a mum. One of my favourite Mother's Day memories is from years ago when my kids were in the sort of P to three in those younger primary school years. They had these um, like Mother's Day stalls that the kids could take $5 along to school and buy a cheap present for their mum and raise some funds for the school. I don't know if they still do that. So this particular year, we gave our kids their $5 each and they went off to um, buy a present at the Mother's Day stall. And Mother's Day morning arrived and my first little daughter comes in, Mummy, Mummy, happy Mother's Day, I love you so much. And she gave me this gift, it was this beautiful mug um, that says you're the best mum in the world and it was just wonderful. It was you know, wrapped up in cellophane with a big bow on the top and it was chocolates inside and it was all exciting and fun. It was that, so just great. And then the next little girl comes out, Mummy, Mummy, happy Mother's Day, I love you so much, I've got a present for you. And she also got me a mug, which was awesome because I'm a coffee drinker and one cup a day is never enough. And this one was wrapped up in cellophane with a big bow and everything, but it didn't have any chocolates in it. It's like, it was the same price and everything. I don't know what's with that. How, <laughs> how does that happen? It's the same store? I don't know. Anyway, so there was enough chocolate, I'm sure. So I hope that you had a lovely gift today. Of course, the best Mother's Day gifts are the handmade ones the presents that the kids put together themselves. And I found a couple of photos of some acrostic poems to honour mothers um, this, um, this week. There's one for this mum named Rebecca. Now, this child is obviously quite gifted. I had to look up the meaning of the word bay to make sure that it was appropriate for church because I had no idea what it meant. This next poem is an acrostic of the word mother. And this child is also a highly gifted poet who understands acrostic poetry. Baffling, I don't know. Did you know that there's an acrostic poem that honours women in the Bible? It's one of the most well-known passages of scripture that talks about and honours women. And we're gonna have a bit of a look at that this morning. It's Proverbs 31. You might be familiar with it. It's quite a well-known passage of scripture. We're gonna look at Proverbs 31 today and I have got my trusty box of hopes and dreams here to help me. So if you've got your Bible, you can open up to Proverbs 31. We're gonna start at verse 10 or you can just follow along on the screen behind me. A wife of noble character, who can find? She is worth far more than rubies. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. She selects wool and flax and works with eager hands. She's like the merchant ships, bringing her food from afar. She gets up while it's still night 
She provides food for her family. and portions for her female servants. She considers a field and buys it. Out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her tasks. She sees that her trading is profitable and her lamp does not go out at night. If the light gets annoying later, just wave at me and I'll turn it off, okay? In her hand, she holds the distaff. I had no idea what a distaff was, so I got one of these. (laughs) And grasps the spindle with her fingers. She opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. When it snows, she has no fear for her household for all of them are clothed in scarlet. She makes coverings for her bed. She's clothed in fine linen and purple. Her husband is respected at the city gate where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies the merchants with sashes. She is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. She speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction. I have a Bachelor of Education to prove that. (laughs) Is on her tongue. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children arise and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. (laughs) Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive, and beauty is fleeting. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Honour her for all her hands have done. And let her works bring her praise at the city gate. Proverbs 31. A wife of noble character. Women can do it all. Women are amazing. I mean, look at this. They're strong and hardworking and resourceful and creative and they can cook things and do it all while looking beautiful. Women are incredible. And when you think about the time and place that this poem was actually written, it's quite extraordinary. Because at the time that this poem was written, and in that culture, women weren't highly valued. Outside of the protection of their father or their husband, they didn't have legal rights of their own. So this poem at the time it was written is really quite amazing. And we've come an awfully long way since then, but it's been a bit of a hard and long slog. Did you know that it's only in 1966, so when my mum was 18 years old, that the law was changed in Australia to allow women, when they got married, to continue working in the public service? 
Up until that date, just 53 years ago, once, if you were working in the public service in Australia, if you got married, you had to quit your job because you were expected to be at home, to look after your husband and raise your children, and not to take up extra space, not to um, have a job that was, seemed to be unnecessary. Women can do it all. And there is, although there is some way to go, I understand, there are so many amazing opportunities open for us today. I mean, just the fact that I'm standing here is really quite incredible. Women can do it all. It's great. But you get all of the bits and pieces that you can do when you start juggling and it gets heavy and awkward and kind of ungainly. And we turn the I can do it all to women should do it all. Because we look at all we're capable of and we switch it round from instead of being a celebration of what we can do to being like a job description of what we need to get done. But that's not the original intention of Proverbs 31. If we go back to the very, very first verse, verse one, we can see what it was written for. The sayings of King Lemuel, an inspired utterance his mother taught him. Proverbs 31 is a list of hopes and dreams of a mother for her son. I always, when I read about that, I think of the meddling mother in the Ever After movie with Drew, Bar with Drew Barrymore, who's trying to find a good wife for her son. I understand this mother wanting all of this for her son. I am this mother. I have a 20-year-old son who's tall and handsome and single and ready to mingle. <laughs> and I have hopes and dreams for him. And I don't want to embarrass him. But this is what I want for him. I want him to find a woman who's strong and smart and creative and resourceful and godly. This is what I want for my son. But when I bundle it all up and gather it up and dump it on some poor unsuspecting girl, instead of it being the hopes and dreams of a loving mother, it feels an awful lot like expectations. And expectations aren't quite so much fun. Expectations are hard and heavy. I can't do this anymore. It's too hard. I can't do this. I've got to-do lists that aren't done and emails that aren't answered and my kids have had tuck shop three times this week. My toilet is growing things and my husband is looking for clean undies in the back of the dryer. I can't do this anymore. It's too hard. I'm not good enough. I'm not strong enough, I'm not capable enough, I'm not young enough, I'm not pretty enough. Is my heart too broken? Someone should write a song about this. <laughs> we bundle it all up and we try and juggle it all and do it all and we end up just feeling like an exhausted failure because we turn our hopes and dreams into expectations. This is not God's intention. And today I'm gonna to just pick three things 
that I think God would like to say to our exhausted hearts today. The first of those is don't worry. Don't worry. Matthew 6 is a passage in the, um, the Sermon on the Mount, and it's quite a big passage that Jesus writes addressing this issue of worry. And I've just picked the first verse and the last verse to read for you today. Do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Isn't that the truth? Each day has enough trouble of its own. So we're not going to worry about our food. We're not going to worry about our clothes. I don't want to get my things mixed up here. Try and pull the apron string. I practiced this like 15 times and every time the apron came off just perfectly easily. But I knew I was going to have a wardrobe malfunction of some description today. Get in the box. Back in the box. Actually, I'm going to... This is supposed to look awkward, by the way, right? It's It's all part of the plan. Back in the box. Don't worry. And this is hard for us because it's like our natural thing is to worry. It's almost, it feels irresponsible if we don't worry about the things that are important to us, yeah? I um, caught up with a friend at the end of last year. We just happened to sit together at a function that I was attending. And um, I said to her, you know, how are you going? And she said, oh, it's just been terrible. For the last five weeks at work, there's been rumours of redundancy going around. And I've been so worried, I haven't been able to keep any food down for the last five days. She had literally worried herself sick. My favourite Lara Casey quote is, worrying is like praying for something you don't want to happen. It was so sad. I just wanted to shake her lovingly and say, no, it doesn't have to be like this. Jesus said, don't worry. And he didn't say don't worry because our problems are small. He says don't worry because he is so big. He loves us. He has a plan for us. He promises to be with us and never forsake us. He promises to provide everything that we need. It takes a lot of faith not to worry, but that's what he calls us to. He's big and trustworthy. One of my favourite scriptures is 1 Peter 5, 7. It says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. I love that word cast. It's that action word. It's like Jesus is standing at the other side of the field saying, kick it to me, kick it to me. Get rid of the anxiety. Anxiety, get in the box. Get in the box. You have no place on me. Don't worry. Secondly, rest. Let's rest. 
Exodus 20, verse eight says, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. Take a day off, rest. We'll get rid of the toilet brush and the heavy weight and this stupid light. Rest. Put all of those achievements back in the box, that to-do list. You can work for six days and on the seventh day, take a day off and rest. The word Sabbath, literally translated, means stop, stop work. And this is hard for us because we staple our sense of identity and worth to our achievements and our productivity. It's like if you can achieve more, it means you're more valuable and you're worth more and you're more important if you can do more. And so we have these whole industries of to increase our productivity. I've got a paper planner with a schedule and a to-do list for every day and then a digital planner for my appointments and my meetings. And then I have a goal planner so that I can make sure that I'm achieving my goals and they're all on track for the year. And all of our technologies don't give us more time. They just give us more to do because we can get so much more done. And the pressure to achieve and do more and do more and get more and go more and do more, it's just never ending, this striving. And God says, take a day off. Work for six days and on the seventh, I want you to rest. I want you to stop with the achieving for a moment and spend some quality time with me. Connect with your family, connect with one another, have some fun, have a nap, <sighs> rest, recover from the week, reconnect with God and continue with the new week. Finding my worth and value in my achievements, back in the box. And then thirdly, focus on true beauty. True beauty. This is a tough one for us girls, but I understand that guys struggle with this as well. 1 Peter 3, 3 and 4 says, your beauty should not come from outward adornment, such as elaborate hairstyles and the wearing of fine jewelry or fine clothes. Rather, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. My outward beauty can go in the box, especially the high heels. I think they were like a torture instrument invented by the devil. <laughs> Sorry to people who love high heels. It's never gonna be my thing. Now, I'm not talking about health and fitness. That's a different topic altogether. I'm talking about outside beauty. I grew up in the 80s where 
Um, we had those teen magazines like, you know, Dolly and Cleo and all those kinds of things that are days gone by now. And I can distinctly remember when I was probably about 15 or 16, I'm sitting around with my family at the end of the day um, after dinner and I was, had one of those Dolly magazines and it had a little quiz in there. And it went through all of these things and it was all about you can tick off this quiz to be a model. Like, this is what it takes to be a model. And as I was reading through the list, all of my family and I, we just started laughing. Because it became really obvious that I didn't make any one of the things on the list. I wasn't tall enough or skinny enough for my bus size and all that, blah, 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 whatever it was on the list. I was ineligible in every way. And we all had a good laugh. But there was something in me that, that really hurt. It's like, God, you created me disqualified for beauty. Really? And we have this whole culture now that bombards us with messages of self-loathing, you're not good enough and you're ineligible and you can't be good enough unless you get this makeup and this skincare and you have this shiny hair and you have higher heels and laser resurfacing and then people will like you and you'll be happy. It's a lie. And just think about it, answer this question for me. When you have a crisis in your life, who do you call? What's the criteria? Who's my most beautiful friend with shiny hair and good shoes? <laughs> no! You want a friend who's kind and loving, who doesn't judge you, someone who's a good listener, someone who's wise. That's who we want in our lives. That's who we want to be in our lives. Let's focus on true beauty. Alrighty, self-loathing is in the box. With all of my hopes, dreams and expectations back in the box, back contained where they need to be. All of my failure, my regret, my mistakes, my sense of achievement that comes from productivity, all in the box. What are you going to do with your box? What do we do with this box? It's still heavy. Jesus says in Matthew 11, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Jesus says, bring your box over to me. Lay your hopes, dreams, and expectations at my feet. Submit all of your life to me. And here you will find rest. This is where I find freedom. This is where I find my true identity. With my hopes, dreams, and expectations submitted to God. Because Jesus loved me so much that he died on a cross to pay the penalty for my sin, 
so that when I put my faith and trust in him and ask him to be my personal Lord and Saviour, he forgives me of all of my sin and I can be free. And I have somewhere to lay down my hopes, dreams and expectations. I can be free. This is where I find my true identity, with open arms and no expectations, just a relationship with a loving Saviour. The second last verse of Proverbs 31 says, a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. This is where my praiseworthy self is. A woman who fears the Lord And you know what? A man who fears the Lord is to be praised. A grandma who fears the Lord is to be praised. A teenage girl who fears the Lord is to be praised. A single mum who fears the Lord is to be praised. A person like you, tall or short, young or old, a person who fears the Lord is to be praised. And today, as we finish in just a moment, I just wanna ask you, if you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus, if you're carrying your hopes, dreams and expectations and you're burdened and weary and you need somewhere to put the box down, if you don't know that relationship with Jesus, then can I ask you today, there's a prayer team that are just gonna be down the front when the service finishes in just a moment. And they would love to just chat with you and answer any questions that you have, give you some more information, or just talk with you about what it would mean, how you can have a relationship with Jesus, find the freedom and identity that comes from laying your life down and submitting it to Him. So I encourage you to do that. But last of all, as we finish today, let's go to the very last verse of Proverbs 31 that says, honour her for all her hands have done. Honour her, celebrate all of the things that we have done, that mums can do, all of the things women are capable of as hopes and dreams, as lives devoted to Christ, as women who fear the Lord. Um, As we leave this morning, you're gonna get a little gift And um, it's gonna be a little packet with some cards with some beautiful verses written on it. And there's two in each packet. And one of them is for you to keep yourself um, as an encouragement and a reminder, a gift for today. But the second card is for you to give to a friend, to give to a woman in your life that you would like to encourage and celebrate and honour. So I really encourage you to do that. Don't just keep the two for yourself. Keep one for yourself and then think about how you can use the other one to bless a woman in your life. As we finish off today, I'd just really like to invite all of the women in the room to stand up where where you are. If you're a mum or not, that doesn't matter, just all the women. Because this passage, Proverbs 31, is about all that our hands can do. So can I invite all the women to stand? We're just going to pray a blessing. Nothing too weird. We're just going to pray a blessing. 
over all of the women as we finish up here today. Are all the women standing? All the girls? Now, if you're sitting somewhere around them, then you can just pop a hand on their shoulder or on their arm as we pray. Let's bless each other this morning. Let's pray. Loving Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for the incredible women that are in our church. God, I thank you for the gifts and the talents that you have given to them. God, I thank you that they are so capable and so smart and so strong. And God, I pray today that you would just breathe your life and strength and blessing into them. God, for those who are tired, for those who are worried, for those, God, who are feeling the burden of the juggle and are weary, God, I pray that you would encourage them to trust you, to put their hopes, dreams and expectations into your loving hands today. God, I pray that you would fill them with courage and strength and wisdom. And God, we pray that today they would know your presence with them and that we would honour them for all that their hands have done. Bless them, God. Thank you for them. Encourage them in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you've been blessed by this message from Gateway Baptist Church. We're a growing family and everybody who walks through our doors is welcome. If you'd like to connect with us, please head to gatewaybaptist.com.au to find out more.